From the Salvation Army, welcome to the Holiness Podcast with Lieutenant Colonel Vern Jewett. In this monthly Bible study, we'll be exploring God's gift of holiness, which is offered to every Christian. To download this month's study guide, visit us at salvationarmysoundcast.org slash holiness. Well, hello, this is Vern Jewett, and uh, you're listening to the Holiness Podcast. It is good to be back with you. We uh, skipped the month of October for reasons I'll mention in just a few moments, but it is wonderful to be back into God's Word, and uh, the seasons around us have changed, at least if you are uh, maybe north of of uh, Georgia and uh, the southern states. I'm down here in Florida where uh, November doesn't look a whole lot different than May does, but it is just a little bit cooler. Anyway, greetings and uh, welcome to the Holiness Podcast. We have a wonderful theme to study today. We're considering the time and season of the year, and we're going to be studying about thankfulness as we remember uh, Thanksgiving. And the title of our study today would be that holiness produces thankfulness. And as we have explored the scriptural teaching of holy living and holiness over these past three years, we've had a couple of overriding themes that set the table for our study today. Just to remind ourselves of the nature of holiness as we have unpacked it and struggle to uh, learn about it from the Bible. We've dealt with probably the greatest misunderstanding about holiness, and that is that holiness is a standard of behavior. So many people misunderstand holiness by thinking it's something that we do or something that we achieve. Rather, we have contrasted and learned from the scripture the redemptive, liberating truth that holiness is all about relationship. It is a dynamic, living relationship with a living God. So it should not be surprising to us that holiness is connected to thankfulness, because holiness describes the the root and basic relationship that we have with God. It is Thanksgiving time. We're recording this 10 days before Thanksgiving 2022. And of course, it's a national holiday. It's important to us culturally. But today we want to remind ourselves that thankfulness and Thanksgiving is a vital scriptural teaching for those who are Christians and who would be followers of God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the title of our lesson today is Holiness Produces Thankfulness. When I was a little boy, my father, who was a Salvation Army Corps officer, often had me memorize poems. And then, because everywhere he was appointed, he and my mother were appointed to be the pastors in charge, 
uh, he always knew that I was sitting there and there were a certain number of, of poems that he could call upon me anytime to stand up and quote. And uh, I was a good son. I, I was willing to do that, although uh, uh, at times it was a little disconcerting or I was uh, uh, just a little bit worried as I stood up in front of a congregation. But this was one of the favorite poems he had me memorize. And I want to use it to launch us into our study of Scripture and thankfulness today. I was standing one evening by the side of the road, and I saw an old farmer in a field he had just hoed. His face was all brown and wrinkled from the sun and the wind, and he was talking to the Lord just like he'd be talking to a friend. Well, sir, he said in a voice small and quiet, them corn tassels need sacking, got no string to tie it. Ain't rained in so long that the fields are getting mighty dusty. And Lord, it's been so unbearable hot, even the kids are getting kind of fussy. And that grass down the pasture, Lord, why, it should be knee high. If you'd just send us a little shower, Lord, it might keep the cow from going dry. Ah, but listen to me talking. You'd think I wasn't grateful. Why, if you didn't know me so well, Lord, you'd think I was downright hateful. You'd think I forgot about the new calf you sent and the money in the mail to take care of the rent. And Ma's cold is better and Johnny's home from the Navy and mm, that Sunday dinner of chicken, dumplings, and gravy. And that new preacher you sent us, Lord, why, he's a fine young man. He's just converting them sinners to beat the band. Well, I guess I'll mosey on home now, Lord, and won't take up no more your time. I imagine there's plenty of folks hereabouts waiting to ring your line. So evening to you, Lord, and watch over us tonight. But don't worry about us, Lord. Everything's going to be all right. Well, that's a uh, poem with a simple story and yet some profound gospel truths. The essence of it you would have caught on is thanksgiving and thankful living is a choice that we make. The farmer had the choice to count and recount all the struggles in life and be frustrated about it and complaining about it, or to rather focus on the blessings. And he didn't have any trouble listing them once he began. You see, it's all about our relationship with God. Now, we have a wonderful textual passage. You wouldn't be surprised at all to discover that when the Bible teaches about holiness, often it teaches about thankfulness. And I want to read uh, from Colossians, the third chapter. So if you have your Bibles and are following along, I invite you to turn to Colossians chapter 3. This is a wonderful passage where 
the NIV notes that uh, Paul is talking about Christians living as though we have been made alive in Christ and what that means. So we're reading from Colossians 3, and we're beginning at verse 12, and we're going to read through verse 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I want to stop there halfway through and just observe some things that, if you've been studying with us, we all remember very quickly. We are God's chosen people, holy. God chose us and makes us holy. If you are a Christian, you are a saint, a holy one, which simply means that you are set apart. And we are told over and over again that that means we should reflect God in our living. And so we are told in this verse as well as in many other passages, particularly from Paul, to clothe ourselves with these wonderful uh, spiritual fruits, compassion, kindness, humility, and gentleness, and patience. And so we have a description here of what it means to be holy and set apart. And that 14th verse, over all those virtues, put on love. And love is the most complete and wonderful expression of holiness. That's why in our tradition, perfect love, uh, and in terms of Christian perfection, when we talk about perfect, we're talking about that word we mentioned many times in the New Testament language, teleos, which really means to be whole and to be made complete. So all of those things bind us together in a wholeness. Then Paul goes on to relate this directly to thankfulness. And here is uh, the message we're going to uh, dig into just a little bit in the next, for the next few minutes. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Verse 16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, the little outline of our message from these verses is going to give us three commands, and then we want to ask of ourselves three questions. Let me remind you of one of the principles of Scripture. Whenever God commands us 
in the Bible to do something, there is implicit in that command a promise. Because God doesn't tell us to do things he will not give us the strength to do. So the first command in verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Each of these verses give the command and then add to it, be thankful. So we are called to wholeness. That's again in the context of uh, using the word peace, and it's mixed with the use of the word teleos in this passage. We're being called to a living relationship and a, a completeness in a relationship where wholeness lives and let wholeness rule in our lives. The idea of ruling brings us quickly to the question, does he rule in your life and in my life? When you're in a living relationship with a living God, the, the purpose of it is that he will rule in our lives. I want to use the first verse of a wonderful hymn. Many of us will be singing in the next week or two in our church services. Now thank we all our God. Now thank we all our God for the gift of Jesus Christ who brings us new hope and new joy and new life, we'll take him and only him. That describes letting the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. If Christ rules, then we choose him consciously. Now thank we all our God who takes our seemingly empty lives and transforms them into new life in Jesus Christ. And here opens up the whole wonderful reality of the transformation in character that God wants to make in each of our lives. He wants to transform us by the renewing of our minds as we've studied in Romans 12, 2. And then, now thank we all our God for showing us clearly in Jesus Christ who we are and who we must become to one another. And we did a whole series on uh, our wholeness and our holy living is not us simply between us and God, but rather we are holy in community and we are not holy without a living relationship with our brothers and sisters. And that's what this passage looks at very clearly. While the farmer in the poem <laughs> called himself up short as he was going on and on about those things that were frustrating him, and he quickly acknowledged that he wasn't and didn't really want to be in charge of his life. He knew God was in charge. In Revelation chapters 4 and 5, we catch two glimpses of praise around the throne of heaven. In Revelation 4.11, we hear the song, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure 
They are and were created. That's an incredible truth to ponder. God is worthy of our thanks because he is our maker. He made us. Psalm 100 says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. You see, everything we have and are is from the hand of God. The strength we have, the breath we have, the blood within our bodies, the food and shelter that maintain our lives, the very time we have here and in eternity to come are a gift of our creator. He is our provider and sustainer. Every necessity of life comes from his hand. But God is even more. In Revelation 5.12, one of my favorite verses, we hear all heaven sing another song. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. How thankful we should be that our creator God is also our redeemer. He gave his life and provided a way of forgiveness for our sins. The question that truth raises, that the peace of Christ must rule in our hearts and we are to be thankful, is are you living in a relationship with God where he rules in your life and thankfulness is a way of living. Now verse 16. I love this verse. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I love music. Music has been a big part of my life, and I love to read that we are to sing psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. So here's the command. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, and let it produce gratitude. So we move from the idea of the peace of Christ ruling and him being Lord in our lives to this wonderful truth that holiness is a matter of God dwelling in us. Let the word of Christ and the very spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, dwell in you richly. He does dwell in you. If you know Jesus is your Savior, then the Holy Spirit lives already in your life. But does he dwell in you richly? Have you made him, as we looked at a few weeks ago, a sanctuary? I love that song. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy. That's Christ dwelling in us richly. It's wonderful translations in this verse that mix the idea of uh, gratitude. The translation is of the Greek word charis, which means joy or grace. One translation 
is that we should let him dwell in our lives richly with grace in our hearts to the Lord. That's the New King James Version. Grace and thanksgiving are related intimately here. 2 Corinthians 4.15 helps us understand that you can't separate the idea of God's grace on our thanksgiving. All this is for your benefit. This is 2 Corinthians 4.15. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Dwelling place. We've talked a lot about the heart of holiness is the Holy Spirit living in our hearts. That's where the power of holiness comes from. Well, the farmer in the poem realized God was walking with him and that his being with him all the time was a given. So he just talked to him like he'd be talking to a friend. And you got the sense from the poem that he was saying, of course, God, you are there. How could I forget all your benefits? To see God as he is, dwelling within us is to acknowledge his goodness. The more I thought about this, the more I think it's a very important reason to give thanks. When you see God's love and goodness, as the farmer chose to, then you are thankful. When your eyes are wide open to his judgments, you become receptive to his will. Unthankfulness, by contrast, blinds our spiritual eyes, and an unthankful person may not even know that God is in the picture. But the command is, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We need to present the God whom we love and serve to the world who needs him so desperately as he really is. I've heard many eloquent descriptions of how poorly Christians become a witness if they are not thankful and, in fact, are complaining in terms of their lives. I want to kind of juxtapose those two choices that we make, thanksgiving or thankfulness, and the whole idea of complaining. What we're talking about is recognizing God as he really is. Let me divert for just a moment. I learned a lesson, spent a lot of years on college campuses. I learned a lesson early on talking with my fellow college students and then later in my ministry uh, that if someone said quickly they didn't believe in God, I would simply ask them a question. Tell me about God then. Tell me about this God you don't believe in. And after they described their picture and understanding of God, I usually was able to say to them, you know, I agree with you. I don't believe in that God either. When we live lives of thankfulness, lives that are rich with the word of Christ dwelling in us and producing 
that thankfulness, that gratitude, we are presenting God as he really is. I talked about Thanksgiving as a holiday being a time for our nation. And an unthankful nation is no better. An unthankful nation is an unthinking nation, and its people, I believe, are in mortal danger if we fail to recognize as a nation who God is. America's deepest problems come from blindness to the goodness and power of God. Those are the products of unthankfulness. And the reality is, too often as believers, we too complain. Psalm 77.3 says, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Maybe you have uh, experienced that. I certainly have caught myself hundreds of times in my life having a complaining attitude. Philippians 2.13 says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Because what happens when we complain is our focus is taken off of God and we are not living with Christ dwelling in us richly and the word of Christ dwelling in us. We have fogged it all up and blocked it all out by our own selfish, self-centered complaining. Philippians 2.13, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like lights or stars in the universe. You see, thankfulness growing out of an experience of holiness is a great witness. It's a light in this dark world. We only shine when we're thankful. Our light shines for the Lord when we're thankful, when we live it and express it. So instead of looking at the negatives in our lives and complaining, we must look at, like the farmer did, all the blessings of God. The question for this second command, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, is simply, do you allow the word of Christ to penetrate your life in such a way that you are always thankful? I know that's what we all want. And may that be the reality. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that brings us to verse number 17. We're going to talk a little bit about circumstances here. But let's read verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now this is all about the centrality of Christ. It's a summary of one of the 
most important principles of Christian living. We didn't read verse 11. We started at verse 12. But in verse 11, there's that wonderful uh, statement of truth here then. In Christ, there is no Gentile or Jew, no circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or three, but Christ is all and is in all. And so the command here was very clear. You heard it. And whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then the caveat we found in each of these verses, giving thanks to God. Circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances, Paul says. I want you to notice he didn't say, give thanks for all circumstances. <laughs> he said, give thanks in all circumstances. That means in every circumstance, in every situation, the child of God, and only the child of God, I believe, can do this in reality. But if you belong to Christ, this is your privilege. God will make all things work together for good for those who love him. Nothing he does is unplanned. Now you see, we're like everyone else. Jesus explained to those who questioned him that the rain falls on the just and the unjust, and we're not protected because we are in right relationship with God from the troubles and trials of life. Times of tears will come, but we must trust and thank him in all circumstances. He will fill our lives to overflowing. We need to be thankful in all things and recognize the hand of God in sorrow as well as joy. In contrast, we should be very careful about unthankfulness. To become unthankful is to become nearsighted, even blind. The unthankful person can no longer see God's goodness to him, and in time he may forget that he needs God or that God even exists. My friend, at this time of Thanksgiving, the price of unthankfulness is high. God's loving kindness, keeping in touch with the one on whom our very life depends, is one of the most important privileges and commands of the Christian life. What else could it mean when Paul says, and whatever you do, do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want to uh, suggest some things that we can be thankful for that maybe we usually don't think about. I found this uh, anonymously in a Christian periodical a few years ago suggesting that I should be thankful for the taxes I pay because it means that I'm employed. I should be thankful for the clothes that fit a little too snug because it means I have enough to eat. 
I should be thankful for a lawn that needs mowing, windows that need cleaning, and gutters that need fixing, because it means I have a home. I should be thankful for the spot I find at the far end of the parking lot, because it means I'm capable of walking. I should be thankful for the piles of laundry and ironing, because it means my loved ones are nearby. Dear friends, being thankful uh, in all circumstances includes being thankful in the times of uh, challenge, even times of disaster. I think a word was shared with you last month when in October we did not have, uh, we did not have a holiness podcast. Martha and I uh, live in Port Charlotte, Florida, and our retirement home was largely destroyed by uh, Hurricane Ian. Now, I need to put this in the context that we spoke of earlier. God says, give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. I've been in the church over 70 years plus, and I've heard many preachers talk about this. Uh, sometimes it's easy to go a little far and say, uh, you should be thankful for whatever happens. I'm not as comfortable. I don't think God expects me to say, gee, thank you, Lord, for sending in to wreak havoc upon our house, to uproot our shed, to tear off our roof, to blow through our windows. But I do believe God gives me the privilege of giving thanks in those circumstances. And I thank you for your prayers, uh, but it just kind of hits home with this message on uh, holiness and thankfulness, that there is so much to be thankful for, that we need not despair over circumstances. Maybe, maybe you've got one of those things. You have a circumstance in your life that would cause you to be unthankful or to fail to give thanks? Isn't it true that we can look up and thank God every day, sometimes even through tears? It's not a question of how much we have. Some of the most joyous and thankful people that I know live in very modest surroundings. They eat simply. They seldom take a trip. Some of them know infirmity. Yet they are thankful because they live in the sunshine of God's love. So here's the last question. Is everything you do worthy to be done in the name of Christ? That's what verse 17 asks us to consider. Are you one of God's thankful people? Am I? If not, I should be. God loves me. He made me. He redeemed me. He wants to make my eternal soul shine as the brightness of the firmament and as the stars forever and ever, the prophet Daniel records. Jesus Christ came 
so that you and I might know true forgiveness. Are we letting Christ do what he came to do? Are we receiving God's unspeakable gift of the life of salvation? Remember, salvation is not an event. Salvation is a life. Are we allowing the presence of God to set us apart and to produce thankfulness? The lesson this month is an encouraging one and a timely one as we come to this holiday that most people seem to very much enjoy. Part of our enjoyment and part of the joy we should feel is that our experience with God makes us thankful. Holiness produces thankfulness. Well, aren't you thankful for God's word? Aren't you thankful that every month we can find another place and another way to dig deeply into God's word and be brought into a better understanding as the Holy Spirit speaks to us and illuminates us of what God wants us to know about him, about ourselves, and about our lives together. So in that context, I say, Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, and may we be thankful in all circumstances to the glory of God. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you next month. I'm sure we'll have something to say about the birth of Christ and that wonderful season that kind of takes over uh, the last quarter of every year in our culture. But the coming of Christ is what changed our lives, isn't it, and brought us into right relationship with God. So we'll look forward to being with you next month. May God bless you, and we will look forward to being with you then. Bye now. Thanks so much for listening, and we'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, questions, or prayer requests. Visit us at SalvationArmySoundcast.org slash holiness. And if you're enjoying this Bible study, share it with a friend. They can subscribe wherever they get their podcasts. Thank you.